0: Welcome to the Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Sollum. In the studio with me is UW Lacrosse, Political Science Professor, Dr. Anthony Trigowski. Happy Friday, Rick. It was an oversight by me not to play Rainbow Land last week. <laughs> what? Of all the months not to play it. Um, all right, so nothing really happening today, so No, no news today. Um and and you know, like it would be it would be different if you if you were like a music expert, we could have talked about the Beatles tribute yesterday or the Doors tribute, how those bands Oh
1: my did. dad would have been
0: really into that. And also I'll just say for those people that go to four thousand people went to Moon Tunes yesterday. Wow. And they had six porta potties. Oh no. Because <laughs> oh, they're redoing no. the bathrooms in the park, so they don't have the bathrooms. Um, so Moon Tunes posted today that they're getting one more food truck. Okay. Because there's only so many food trucks. I was arguing with my neighbor. I bet those food trucks were swamped, too. I was arguing with my neighbor yesterday about, like, he's like, they just don't have enough food trucks. And right. Part of me is thinking, like, there's downtown Lacrosse, so just go get food before or after. But I get, I get it. You kind of want to just get, it's what you do when you're at a festival, right? You're it's just you, hanging out, feels eating some like food? like a festival, but bring, bring a sandwich. But all, but then again, like if you want to think like, hey, we need the, all the food trucks to come here. Yeah, there's only so many food trucks in La Crosse. Because if there were like 50 food trucks in Lacrosse, they'd all go out of business. Because. Our population can only sustain so many food trucks. That's a really good question. How many food trucks can a city the size of La Crosse sustain? Right on top of the fact that we have that many restaurants. Lots we have of, a restaurants. Lot of restaurants. restaurants, I think. I, a lot. I know we have a lot of bars. And at one point, I think somebody posted it. We set the Guinness Book of World Records for Third the Street. amount of bars on Third Street. At Third Street. Point, which is a funny stat to see and said a little bit, but I wonder where we're at with like restaurants. Oh, because, probably
1: pretty high. So
0: we got to be pretty good. So, the so it, and then add a bunch of food trucks. Yeah. And then you, you can't sustain all that for our population. It's kind of like when Rick wants an indoor sand volleyball facility. Our population might not be able to sustain a business model that's indoor volleyball. Stands. We just need a bunch of food trucks that magically appear for Moon Tunes. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was thinking like, can Terry Bauer, the the the, the head of Moontoons, um, the czar of Moon Tunes, could he like reach out? Would it be, would it be feasible for a Rochester food truck to drive? Because you got to drive the food truck. It probably takes a decent amount of gas. Yeah, gas isn't cheap, right? Like, unless you have an EV food truck and I think you can make it to Rochester without your battery running out, then again, the EV food truck's got to run on battery, so what do you cook with? But uh, anyway, so can you reach out and say, hey, Rochester food trucks, because anywhere else that would have a food truck would be too far away. Oh, Claire, you're not having a food truck. And then my other thought was, Cause there's a guy down the road from me has one of those um, chicken queue. Oh,
1: we like could have a chicken queue he has at a Chicken
0: queue van or something. Like I was, he'll sell in, in between Hoka and Houston. So there's nothing there. It's a swamp. Literally in between bluffs, there's a swamp across the road. He lives there. It's an awesome place to live. It's got a stream right by his yard. Well, you see his food truck parked out there all the time. It's not really a food truck, but it's his chicken cube truck. Sure. Well, on a Saturday if you drive by rural Minnesota between Hoka and Houston, the dude's doing chicken cues out in his yard in the middle. <laughs> there's no there's nothing there. I don't even know if if he's just bored or if he's grilling out for supper. I'm grilling out. I'll just I'll just put the sign out so if anyone wants to stop by and grab some chicken. On their way between Oka and Houston. Oh, yeah.
1: when I'm driving home from UWL to Onalaska, driving by Rooster Andes, that is often set up on oh, yeah. the north side. Oh, that smell is just such a treat on the way home.
0: I know, it's like a, the Bugs Bunny cartoon. or it's, It might not be Bugs Bunny, where you get the smell, yeah. and then your nose just floats you to wherever <laughs> the smell takes you. But that's what I was thinking. Okay, we only have so many food trucks, so get all the food trucks to Moontoon's. Get all the porta potties to boot dude. but also call all the chicken queue guys, like yeah. this dude out between Hoka and Houston, and and just have like I mean I don't know how many chicken cue people you need, but like have two or three more of those guys running chicken cues.
1: Oh, I think that would be great for Moon Tunes. I had actually never heard of Chicken Q before I moved to Lacrosse. I mean, I'm from St. Paul and Minneapolis. We didn't have them there. I've heard that is kind of unique to our particular area.
0: All right, our, does, does lacrosse maybe have the Guinness World Record for Chicken Qs too? There you Cues go. There's there you a lot. go. I, I bet. I bet if we drove by, well, you might have even done it. The, 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 the shop on the north side. Uh, straight north of here on copeland or whatever that road is the roads change i can't tell you what the roads are because they change every two miles um by that shop code there's a chicken queue always out there yeah that's the one i I was talking about And i feel like that's that's probably going on right now that's the one that i always
1: drive by and when the wind is going the right direction you really hit that scent at the right time on your commute
0: all right, any other ideas for, to make Moon Tunes better? Because when 4,000 people show up, then you, your infrastructure takes a hit because you probably don't expect 4,000 people to show yeah, up. Yeah, like what kind of food trucks should we have? And also the ideal number of porta potties
1: <laughs> for yeah. that many people.
0: There's got to be a porta potty formula, right? If there's 4,000 people and you divide that by the number of. Yeah. Because the, the amount of like Facebook comments and, and just my neighbors talking about I was in line for an hour. And all I could do is laugh at the kid ahead of me in line who's doing the pee pants. (laughs) You know, he's doing the hold the crotch. The little kid's like, "Daddy, I got." You know, when it's a little kid, they're like, "Hey, there's a bush over there. Maybe just go. (laughs) Nobody's gonna do anything." Uh, 608-785-7914, um, yeah, we'll probably just talk about this because there's not a, really a whole lot of other news to yeah, talk slow about. slow news day. Um, we did have some funny, what was? The, you had a couple of funny sor- stories.
1: I did, Rick. First of all, news story from Eau Claire, the Hardee's in Eau Claire is using artificial intelligence to take orders at its drive-thru.
0: Oh, and I, you know what, I buried the lead. Steve Doyle's going to join us here yeah, in a couple Steve of minutes Doyle. to update us on, uh, his family's estate sale. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. In studio with me, UW lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Tregoski. And reporting live from somewhere in Alaska, <laughs> Steve Doyle at his parents' house at an estate sale. State Rep Steve Doyle. How are you doing, Steve?
2: I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day out.
0: Um, all right, so biggest estate sale happened today. Probably wraps up, yeah, wraps up here in 45 minutes, but then you're going at it again tomorrow?
2: So we have these people, it's a, a business, uh, some women uh, have a business called Piece by Piece, P-E-A-C-E by P-I-E-C-E. Um, they come in, they do everything. They take the house that looks like a tornado went through it, <laughs> organize everything, throw out all sorts of stuff, uh, put price tags on it, and they do all the work, and it is awesome. I, I love those women. I'm happy to give them a, a, a plug for the good work that they're doing. Um, and my parents, who uh, are now living in independent living they're they're healthy and around still so this is not a this is not really a, an estate sale like somebody died uh, but it's been a great experience
0: yeah we should have made that deno- that note because uh insensitive rick sometimes does that he just talks about something in a light manner oh but somebody has p- passed away but um okay so one of the things i see from from the like description on facebook is smoke free pet free home These people live next to you. You have a lot of animals. None of your animals got into your parents' house? Uh,
2: No, they didn't actually have any pets at this house, and um, none of our animals smoke either, so that's (laughs) been good. Uh, All
0: right, so what would be the most interesting thing that, uh, I don't know if you want to say, gave away, sold, uh, auctioned off today, Or, or, or potentially tomorrow?
2: Um, I mean, they have stuff that they've been collecting for years. So we moved out here to the farm in 2001, and, uh, you know, they have some stuff. We, we got rid of all the stuff that was in the freezer, but some of the stuff in the bottom of the freezer was from in the 1990s, which meant <laughs> that it went from the old house freezer to the new house freezer and it sat there the whole time. Um, but those things are not for sale. But, you know, I don't know that I'd say interesting, but I'll tell you from my perspective, Um, And especially since my parents are still alive, you don't have that, you know, stab part of it. It's kind of neat because I was down there um, talking to people for a while. You know, stuff that has been in the closet and we haven't used or seen for years, people taking it home and, you know, they're going to make use of it. That's kind of neat. I saw a guy walking off with some Packer memorabilia, and I remember when my parents got that stuff. And so, you know, it's kind of nostalgic. So I've been having fun.
0: My grandma used to do rummage sales all the time, and... If I showed up at my grandma's house, I, I always left with something, you know, but I didn't pay for it. I didn't I didn't barter with it. I I didn't give her a quarter. I just took it. I still have, like, a pillow basketball my dog still plays with. But did, when, when the stuff is out there and, and on the block, Steve, is any of that stuff yours from, like, back in the day? And you're like, you know what? Actually, I still want that. And you go and grab it and take it away.
2: I already did that. There were some things, <laughs> it, but there are still some things there that were mine. Uh, we actually brought a few things down from our house because we live right next door. So there's a few things in the sale that were from our house. Um, but, yeah, you know, growing up, uh, my parents didn't really throw away anything uh, at our old house. They had a two-car garage that they could not get either car in at one point. Um, so it, 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 it's been steady business all day, but there was so much stuff that it could go on for two weeks and there'd still be things available. So I hope people stop by.
0: Okay. I know you said you took, okay, give me, it might not be very interesting, but what did you take that you didn't want your parents estate sale to, to get rid of? That was yours from back in the day.
2: Um, some art stuff, you know, some things that were hanging on the wall and, and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, just trinkets and, uh, uh, they had, you know, my family, my dad's side is Irish, so they had a bunch of Irish stuff, like uh, Irish mugs. And um, I took an Irish flag that I uh, uh, actually found a couple days ago, stuck away there, so I grabbed that. Also um, you know, those kind of things.
0: I feel like the Irish flag could have got a pretty penny. I don't know. It seems like. Um, all right, we're well, speaking with. I was not willing to part with that. <laughs> we're speaking <laughs> with state rep, uh, State Assembly Rep Steve Doyle. Uh, obviously, we, we we didn't bring you on to talk about the estate sale the whole time. We just talk. We want to talk about classified documents. How many classified documents do you have? Did your parents have? Did you hide in your parents' basements? Are there,
1: are there any classified documents available at the estate
2: sale? <laughs> I I have the authority to declassify documents. <laughs> So all of the documents I have, I have declassified.
0: All right, that conti- that uh, that concludes our classified documents coverage for the show. Um, but but on a serious note, you guys you guys, I, I don't want I keep saying sign, but I don't know if you've signed a shared revenue deal. But can you and and you didn't you couldn't talk about it yesterday. You said you had some meeting at seven before you could kind of talk uh, to the public about it. But what can you tell us about the shared revenue deal that maybe people don't know? Uh, Between the state, uh, between the legislature and the governor, that will fund local municipalities.
2: Sure, we uh, had our our Democratic caucus last night at seven o'clock, and they wanted us to know what we were talking about before we kind of went (laughs) off half and and spread all sorts of disinformation. So uh, basically, you know, it's I think win-win, lose-lose. I mean, there are some things in there that are great. Um, there's an increase in funding for public education of between $1.1 and $1.2 billion. Um, the increase in shared revenue is great news for our local government. For middle-sized communities, small and middle-sized communities, um, they are guaranteed to at least get a 20% increase. But in Lacrosse County, almost everybody is way above that, like even double that. Um, so that was really I- I- exciting news um, that – Our local governments, and, you know, as you know, I'm a product of local government from the county board. Uh, They've been really strapped for years, and and this is – they were hoping that they would get, like, a 5% increase, and we're looking at way more than that. So they can – they have a little bit of breathing room. So I I think there's good things in there. You know, there's some, you know, things in there that some people didn't like – the you know Milwaukee people are relieved that they're going to be able to have a referendum to try to fund you know raise some revenue within Milwaukee to take care of the deficit that they're in, um, but you know they're not happy about some things that are in there or not in there, um, but you know all in all this is one where uh, it was a lot of give and take, and you know right up to the last minute when Robin Voss was saying he was going to take his ball and go home, uh, to you know a few hours later they have a press conference and everybody is, you know, holding hands and singing "Sumbaya." So that was good.
0: All right. So when it's all said and done and we get, we get all the details, we, all we need to know here is did Democrats win or did Republicans win Doyle?
2: That's what really matters here. Um, (laughs) The answer is yes. Uh, (laughs) I think that, I think that both did, but you know, look at how hard is it when you have a $7 billion surplus to make everybody happy? I mean, come on, this is, if we had a $7 billion deficit, we'd be talking about spreading the pain. But, I mean, realistically here, there was enough money to, you know, to to satisfy both sides. I mean, you you know, and and we still have further discussion of of tax cuts and so forth and, um, you know, getting rid of the personal property tax and, and, uh, you know, just just general income tax cuts and and so forth. So, I mean, I I think that both parties won. Um, I would say probably the extremes in each party – um, kind of like with the you know the the debt ceiling deal in Washington, the extremes hate it the extreme liberals, the extreme conservatives with this package the you know the very liberal Democrats, especially from Madison Milwaukee, are having some heartburn on some stuff. The very conservative Republicans are not happy um so if the middle won that's a good thing as far as i'm concerned
0: you you brought up the seven billion dollar budget surplus this this the surplus has nothing to do with the shared revenue deal, except that fact that we have a government that is attaining a $7 billion budget surplus, right?
2: Well, I mean, the, you got to keep in mind that the $7 billion is the product of, uh, you know, increased tax collections plus some federal money that came in. So this is not something that we can build into the base, but it is money that um, helps for, um, it, 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 I mean, it in a sense, by being able to use some one-time money to jumpstart some things and to put, apply to various projects that otherwise would be funded by, you know, operational stuff. I, I would still say that if, if having a $7 billion surplus makes the shared revenue component a lot easier.
0: Oh, so you, you will you tap some of the billion-dollar surplus to do stuff through the shared revenue plan? Is that what you're saying?
2: Um, I think you got to look at it as a comprehensive picture. So, What we have is the ongoing, um, you know, the the budget that we're still talking about that will be voted on hopefully by the end of this month. That is where most of that $7 billion um, will end up being dealt with. However, the shared revenue is a subset of that, Um, and so you can't just look at them, you know, independently and and, and say, okay, none of the $7 billion is going to help the shared revenue because it does, Um, you know, if you're, if you're trying to pay your mortgage and you have money that comes in to help you pay your car payment, it does make
0: your paying your mortgage a little bit easier. A little bit of reallocation. Okay.
2: Steve,
1: when it comes to the budget process, anything that stands out to you as a major disappointment, anything that stands out to you as something that you're really happy about so far and what are you hoping to see as the budget process continues?
2: Well, one of the things that I know a lot of members of my caucus were unhappy about is that the local advisory referendum, uh, you know, um, prohibition um, stayed in there. So, Lacrosse County has, uh, in the past, have uh, we've had advisory referendums on things like legalization of marijuana, um, you know, the abortion question, funding of human services, funding of state courts. Um, and we think that that is helpful for the voters to be able to say what they, they think. Uh, in fact, in this last election, you know, um, some people were mad that the county had an advisory referendum on the abortion issue. But at the same time, the state, you know, the legislature, um, mainly the Republican Party, um, added a referendum question, you know, should all able-bodied persons be required to work to receive any sort of benefits from the state, which is essentially already the law. Um, you know, and so both sides, uh, you know, both parties have done that where they put you know, some of these hot button things on the ballot. Um, I think it's, it's useful if it gets people talking it gets people thinking. I, I think that having advisory referendum questions is a good so, thing. So I was disappointed that that's not in there in terms of things that I'm happy about.
0: Steve, can um, I just, Steve, can I clarify the the, the sure. advisory referendum thing is part of the shared revenue deal or part of the budget process?
2: Part of the shared revenue deal.
0: Okay, so that's still in there. So, but the that there is, there is so so local counties won't be able to put on their ballot uh, legalized marijuana. Essentially, that is correct. Okay, but that can the correct. state, you in the assembly, can the assembly? Well, at this point, Republicans they can put anything they want on a statewide ballot for non advisory referendums, or did they that prohibit is- themselves from doing that?
2: Oh, well, of course not. <laughs> um, no, they can put whatever they want on the ballot.
0: Okay, um, just, just making so, that clarification.
2: Do as I say, not as I do. That's how government works.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Um, but but Chregosky was kind of wondering where we're at in the budget process. Are we on schedule? And is there anything that you like or dislike about the budget process itself aside from shared revenue?
2: Yeah, I think that we are on schedule. Um, they had uh, temporarily put a hold on joint finance activity on the budget until the shared revenue stuff was was done. So I think we may have lost a, a couple days' worth of, of work um, in, in that regard. I think that we're still on um, track to be done by the end of June, I would think, at the very latest, early July, but hopefully by the end of June. Uh, I don't have a lot of complaints about the process. I mean, it's pretty much what we have expected um, the first thing they do is throw out all of the governor's policy stuff, which even when it's members of the same party, we've seen the legislature do that, and, and I don't necessarily oppose that. Um, and then we've gone, you know, uh, you know, department by department. I was certainly disappointed, of course, that the Prairie Springs 2 project at UWL did not get funded. That, that's a uh, disappointment. But I, I can't really complain about the process.
0: Do you have, as a Democrat in the minority, do you feel like you have, even in the shared revenue plan, uh, like enough of a say to represent your district in a, in a, you know, because, like you said, he throws everything out that was in the governor's plan. Does the governor give you a say, and or does the state legislature give you a say in what you would like to see in the budget or the shared revenue plan?
2: The governor's office has been great in working with us, um, especially with our leadership and with our Joint Finance Committee members, and they were part of the. Negotiations. So, I mean, I and I've said this before. I am a big fan of split government. I think that having Republicans control stuff and Democrats control stuff um, forces people to compromise. I think that's what what politics, in a good sense, is about. Uh, and so that's what we've seen in 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 this particular process is we we've, we've been able to get you know the the stuff that we we have achieved has been by the governor's people working with the the democrats in the
0: legislature. All right, but the legislature sometimes not so much the give-take, not well, so great.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're in the minority. Um, I mean, you know, there's a reason why the Republicans spent a million dollars against me in this last election, um, because even though I worked very well with them, they wanted to have a veto-proof majority so as to make Governor Evers irrelevant. I mean, if that was the case, if they had a veto-proof majority, we would not have this plan that just was approved yesterday, or was agreed to yesterday, because they would just you know, steamroll over the governor and, and he would be irrelevant. So, you know, in, in that regard, it is a shared process and that's a good thing.
0: Did the governor set this all in motion by releasing a shared revenue plan at the earlier, earlier in the year, or who, who would, who yeah. would you say started this? Because I feel like the governor has started a lot of this stuff that Republicans are like, dang it, we wanted that. I think he, he proposed, uh, uh, pushing the, the the bar time in Milwaukee during the Republican National Convention later. He proposed the Milwaukee Brewer Stadium funding uh, that, that that set everyone on fire, and now it looks like we're going to put that to bed. We don't want to talk about that. Um, and in the shared revenue plan, right? The, am I right there?
2: Well, yeah. Um, and most of those things were part of his uh, budget proposal that was, you know, um, submitted in February. So, I mean, and that's how the process works is that, you know, the, the governor – you know, the, the term is the governor proposes and the legislature disposes. So, you know, he brings forward all these different ideas and kind of lays down the markers. And then the legislature decides what, what we like and what we don't like. Um, and, and so it's it's not surprising that, you know, the Republicans are responding to to ideas that he already put forward but you know they have their own take on you know whether it's the the brewers uh, issue or shared revenue or or tax cuts or or whatever um and, and so you know each gets a little bit nobody gets everything they wanted and All by right. the way the the brewers issue is set aside but it will come back we're, we're not done talking about
0: that yeah i think we forget that they pulled the share revenue thing out of the budget to do on their own which i think if it's like we need to do this before we do anything else and i guess maybe there's some legitimacy to that but what about taxes uh tax we, we, uh, back to the budget surplus are people going to get checks back a minnesota i'm getting a 250 and fifty dollar check back because we have a budget surplus
2: Um, I don't like doing it that way um, because actually you spend money to get money back. Um, The better way, I think, is a tax cut, um, and we will be seeing tax cuts, um, and we're going to be seeing real and significant tax cuts. The Republicans wanted their version. The governor wanted his version. I think you're going to get some of each. I mean, the the Republicans wanted the flat tax. They've kind of taken that off the table now because the governor said he would simply veto that. Um, So they're going to come up with something that is, different than what the governor proposed and different than what the Republicans proposed. Um, but it will be a, a, a significant tax cut. I mean, both sides are saying we need to cut taxes. And, I, and both sides are saying we need to get rid of the personal property tax. So I expect that that will be gone. And, and the increase in shared revenue for our local governments um, will be you know, very helpful, obviously, for our local governments that aren't going to be getting personal property tax from you know the sources that they've been receiving
0: it from. All right, that's state rep Steve Doyle reporting live from his parents' house on Hauser Road. Big estate sale coming tomorrow, nine to twelve, fifty percent off from twelve to twelve to one, and uh, looks like large items seventy five percent off from one to three.
2: That's right, and you might actually even get to shake my hand if you want to come and visit.
0: Now, are you sitting in a lawn chair like out in the out in the in the garage with like maybe a beer in hand? Is that what's that's going on? That's how
2: you got to do a garage sale. <laughs> well, that's called retail politics. So we'll see. It. All
0: right, thanks, Steve. All right, we got uh we got to take one more break. Well, no, not one more break. We got to, we're way, we're way late for the uh the half break. Here we go. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solem in studio with me. you be lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Tregowski. Happy Friday, Rick. Yeah, you didn't do that. I was. I feel. I felt. I, it. I did it in the first half hour. You did do it. Okay. Yeah. So we doubled up. Yeah.
1: Half Friday. Every no. half hour now. That's well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Every half hour on the half hour, <laughs> Anthony Tregowski, with a happy Friday, even if he's on with Hayes in the middle of a uh, Monday morning. Did you go on with Hayes this this uh, Monday? Yeah, I
1: was on Monday and Wednesday with Hayes.
0: Um. Oh, double you! Yeah. So this is the third time on on wisdom. I third should have just time. I should have canceled you yeah. for this week. Um, okay, so we we just got done talking with State Rep. Steve Doyle about the shared revenue plan, a little bit about the budget. Um, he made a good point uh, as somebody t- texted in and said uh, Minnesota's governor did not give the two thousand dollar checks as promised. Only about two hundred fifty dollars. I think it might be two sixty actually. Um, I would say that the checks that Minnesota's government is giving out with for for people with children is a lot more than for a single Rick who doesn't have any kids. So <laughs> I get a pretty pretty uh, small check. But Doyle kind of made a point. It costs money to send the money. so
1: It does. And he's, it and he's right that a lot of details remain about how the $7 billion budget surplus in Wisconsin is going to be used. Now, the $7 billion surplus certainly made it easier to cut this shared revenue deal, to expand aid to local governments, and in the process, expand vouchers for schools and expand public K-12 schools. Everyone got a little bit of what they wanted, and so I think Steve makes a good point there. The Democrats are claiming this as a victory, the Republicans are claiming this as a victory, and the fact is that both parties did advance their priorities. When you look at, especially the public K-12 funding on the side of Governor Evers, that was a major priority of him. And we also know that Republicans care deeply about school choice. They were able to expand the amount in terms of dollar value that the vouchers are good for in the state of Wisconsin.
0: So Governor Evers put out a news release uh, explaining some of the shared revenue plan, a, a, lot, a, bu- a lot of bullet points with the K-12 funding. If you search this document that Governor Evers put out and search for the word voucher, It does not exist did he just leave that part out because propaganda he did and meanwhile the Republicans made that the headline
1: of their press releases and their public relations they really wanted to emphasize the vouchers in order to gain the support of the conservative base of their party for this deal they also mentioned things like certain restrictions on how Milwaukee can use funding trying to say that they're not bailing out Milwaukee because they know that that would be toxic with their base. So both parties are trying to spin this and use public relations strategies to claim this as a victory. But in terms of the substance of the policy, you could honestly say that it is a victory for both parties. Everyone got a bit of what they wanted.
0: We're in a weird world where we have to, as a party, one way or the other, not mention vouchers if you're Democrats. And as Republicans only only, not not vouchers. only mention vouchers, well, but like mentioned. go over the top yeah. mentioning vouchers for for something that's kind of minuscule. Like that's a minuscule part of society that's using voucher schools, I would imagine. And then on the flip side, as a party, we gotta like Bash Milwaukee? Like what are we doing? That's like our probably like a very important section of our state in terms of revenue in, in general.
1: Milwaukee has this odd place in Wisconsin politics because Republicans frequently go after Milwaukee as a symbol of dysfunction, crime. Poor governance, what have you, yet the Republican National Convention is being held in Milwaukee. And Milwaukee leaders, the county commissioner and the mayor of Milwaukee, have really tried to do some outreach to the Republicans in the legislature, I think out of practical necessity, they realized that they, as the city of Milwaukee and the county of Milwaukee, had a dire budget situation that was on the horizon. And so they needed more shared revenue. They also needed the ability to raise their sales tax. And that is one thing that is included in the shared revenue deal. Now, that is specific to Milwaukee, that with a two-thirds vote on the county of Milwaukee, a two-thirds vote on the city council, they can raise the sales tax to get out of a budget hole that they are in
0: this is why when I buy stuff online I go pick up in store in, in Wisconsin because the Minnesota <laughs> sales tax is a little higher
1: um now, our sales taxes in Lacrosse will not go up. Yeah. So they will remain the same, same system. Now, what the shared revenue deal does is it simply devotes more of that sales tax revenue to local governments, giving them that minimum of a 20% increase in shared revenue. You can bet that a lot of local leaders are breathing a huge sigh of relief. I mean, you've talked about it with Mayor Mitch in Lacrosse, how they were looking at real serious circumstances Regarding public safety, talked to your
0: mayor yesterday. Yeah, on Alaska, and I've got Mitch on Monday. I I got a conspiracy theory for you. I think this will be four weeks in a row, and I have to do it before I forget because you kind of. We need another
1: conspiracy. theory Well, you kind of
0: ran over this, and we got to. You kind of ran over this without. Okay, so so Republicans try to bash Milwaukee in whatever way possible, and you could point to the racial factor there because they don't bash Madison. But they're in Madison, so, so it'd be they, weird, they right? They bash
1: Madison for liberalism and right. for the presence of a major university that... They Let's just say Republicans view UW-Madison with suspicion. After all, the engineering building right. at UW-Madison was rejected by the Joint Finance Committee, the Republican
0: majority on that committee. You, you see the numbers for that engineering building, right? The number of students that go to engineering for UW-Madison compared to some of the the premier engineering schools. Oh,
1: it's increased dramatically.
0: It's like 1,200, though. Yeah. And other schools, is like... 5,000. Sure. Or 20,000 or something crazy. And, and
1: you know, UW-Madison and other schools, including UW-La Crosse, hoping to expand our science education. And there were some setbacks there with the Joint Finance Committee in terms of uh, too Prairie many conspiracy Springs. Theories. Too yeah. uh, okay, let's we, hear are, them. Let's okay. hear
0: them. First of all, are we just trying to kick, keep uh, college students out of the state because this college students don't vote for us? Here's a conspiracy. If we don't fund all these uh, UW-System projects, these buildings then college students will be like, look at these old dilapidated buildings. Really, literally, Cowley Hall, the, 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 the pr- proposed Phase Two Science Center at UWL, leaks. Like it fills up with water when it pours the rain. Yeah, rains to- out, right? Tommy Thompson said it leaks like a sieve. It leaks like a sieve. So if we don't fund all these UW campuses, then these young college students who vote Democrat won't come here.
1: Oh, I like that conspiracy. Okay, theory.
0: so that's, I just came okay, up with four that. four weeks one. In, in a row two, now with your is, conspiracy. No, that's not even the one. Okay. You oh, over there's the another fact, one. You glossed over the fact that the national convention, uh, Republican national conventions coming to Milwaukee for the, and there's a debate in Milwaukee? In August, they just announced that the first Republican
1: debate of the presidential campaign will be August 23rd in Milwaukee.
0: Two different things?
1: Two different things. So two
0: different giant Republicans. Well, that's not Republican, but it kind of is. Like Republicans have to agree to that, event, right? Yeah. Republicans have to say, yes, we'll have the first giant debate for the president between maybe Trump. Will Trump zoom in from jail? Nah. <laughs> and that concludes our Trump coverage from today. But, okay, my conspiracy. Had we not announced this, had we not announced a national convention going to Milwaukee mm-hmm. and waited up until about now, we've just given $2 million to Green Bay to fund the the NFL draft, which is down the road I understand, a couple of years. My conspiracy theory is already blowing up in my head as I, I talk it out. But have we given the we could we could give this two million dollars to Green Bay right now, we could fast track the infrastructure that it would take to to, to maintain two hundred fifty thousand people for the NFL draft two years from now. And do it right now and then hold the national convention there because Green Bay is a little bit more right wing than because then then we're not touting Milwaukee, which is a town we hate. We don't like to be in. We love Green Bay. We'll go there. It's Packer country. We all wear cheese heads. I like that conspiracy
1: theory, Rick. But here's the problem. You need a lot of hotel rooms in order to host a
0: national convention. Do you think more people are showing up for the Republican National Convention than the, the, the NFL draft?
1: So that is a big question regarding Green Bay's ability to host the NFL Draft. I mean, you've seen the NFL Draft in major cities like Chicago and Kansas City. Now, Green Bay is not exactly the size of those cities, no. so it's going to be a big test for them if they can handle this influx of people. I mean, that's a big reason why they went to the state asking for two million dollars to help them with all of the challenges that they will face hosting the NFL Draft.
0: Should Robin Voss be on the hook for this t- two million on his own because? He- <laughs> He cost the state two million dollars with the Michael Gableman investigation. Oh,
1: there you go. Yeah, just we could have used the money from the election investigation for the NFL draft.
0: All right, we got to take one more break. We'll be back.
1: All
0: right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM UW Law. Lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Trugowski, and here I'm Rick Solom. Um, a couple minutes here before we're done. I had Mayor Kim Smith on yesterday, sure and she said that the shared revenue deal because she's been in government her basically her adult life she's been working in government she said this is like one of the biggest if not the biggest thing that she's ever experienced in her time in government is that do you do you feel like that's a that's a thing i mean we haven't municipalities haven't had an increase in funding in fact they've decreased their funding quite significantly the And for 30 years, we've had the same stupid system that, that like, just takes money out of local government.
1: I think that's what makes this a big deal, Rick. So we have what all parties agree, the Democrats and the Republicans, agree is a broken system. And... Unfortunately, the shared revenue system, the state funding for local governments, had been allowed to reach a crisis point where, you know, a year, two years, three years down the line, these local governments were facing a crisis in terms of their budget situation. I mean, we're not talking about having to cut the luxuries, quote unquote. We're talking about potential cuts to like fire and police and the basic stuff. uh, Yeah.
0: Mayor Mitch Reynolds said that the the uh re- not the re- neighborhood resource, yeah, resource officers officer. which are like the most popular form of police in in Lacrosse I think they were going to have to cut those and i think those were grant funded at one point but now they they worked them into the budget, but they these would have to be cut. The most popular thing that police do. I think that's what got the Republicans and the Democrats
1: to the table here because we weren't talking about cutting, you know, parks and recreation or things that people might view as luxuries and not necessities. Libraries. I mean, we were right, at, right, libraries. Yeah, stuff like that. we were looking at cutting necessities in local governments,
0: like cutting back on police, cutting back on fire. That's that's kind of like appalling. Like it takes it takes the bipartisan support of cutting police. Yeah. to get Democrats and Republicans to come together because, man, if you're just going to cut parks and rec, no big deal. Are you kidding me? Like, parks and recs, like, if it was a crisis where all the municipalities had to cut parks and rec, we wouldn't be here.
1: I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, Rick, that's how government works sometimes. A problem has to get so serious to get both parties to the table. To get
0: both parties to the table where it doesn't look bad. You know, like, yeah. there's not a political take that one party can take against the other.
1: Exactly. And that was exactly what happened here where both parties can claim a victory the republicans can say that they advanced vouchers while also advancing some conservative priorities when it comes to local government funding meanwhile the democrats are touting the same increase in local government funding a minimum of 20% in shared revenue plus they're touting the increase in public K12 education so unfortunately the system had to reach a crisis point but kim smith the mayor of onalaska is right i mean the crisis point led to a transformative agreement when it comes to state aid for local governments. And so yeah, while it did reach a crisis point, major legislation came out of it.
0: All right. Let's just look two years from now. We have to do this again. Not shared revenue, but a budget. Yep. That'll be an election year. Evers won't be running. Will it be smooth? Because uh, Evers can't run on, Evers won't be running for governor again. Probably right? not.
1: Probably not. You know, it depends on the. I guess
0: the supermajority, right? Like yeah,
1: that. I mean, it depends on the state's budget situation. Now, we can bet that two years down the road, the state will not have a $7 billion budget surplus. Believe me, the $7 billion budget surplus in Wisconsin makes these negotiations a heck of a lot easier because everyone can get a little bit of what they want, there can be a major tax cut involved. It's not going to be exactly what Governor Evers wants. It's not going to be exactly what the Republicans want. But there will be a major tax cut on the way. Now, two years down the road, it's unlikely that we will repeat the same scenario that we are having in right now where we have a historic budget surplus. I mean, that is just simply not going to be the case in two years unless something truly crazy happens. I
0: really wish that the state, instead of a crisis where fire and police were getting cut, we did have a crisis of parks and rec getting cut, where all the (laughs) municipalities across the state were cutting parks and rec. And somehow that became a political issue where Democrats were fighting for parks and recreation and Republicans were like, no. Parks and Rec. No, like, and this was the battle, like, because we, this is where we are. And we only have like 20 seconds, but this is where we are in politics. Like this stupidest things become like a, a political, like talking point when it's just like, this is just the minute thing. It's, it's just not,
1: like, give us our darn public it's, services. It's not
0: controversial. Yeah. Like you guys can do this without like us being like, I can't believe the Democrats or the Republicans <laughs> did this. It's so yep. stupid. All right. That's you to be lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Chagoski. Thanks a lot, man. Well, have a good weekend, everybody.